working? I turned it on, John, so are we good? Okay, very good. Um, In case you missed that, Happy New Year. (laughs) Welcome to 2022. I have some New Year's thoughts uh, to share, and uh, this, of course, comes off the uh, internet, Uh, but I like a few of these statements as we begin the new year, some resolutions, some not. I like this one. I can't wait to control-alt-delete 2021 and start anew. (laughs) That's a very positive way of saying, here's hoping that 2022 isn't 2020 round three. I think that's something like that. Uh, Along with this statement, before I agree to 2022, I need to see some terms and conditions. (laughs) Like that. Um, uh, This one, I'm so excited for the new year. Unfortunately, I don't have any resolutions to make since I'm already perfect. Okay. Though many people make a new year's resolution, less than 10% will achieve their resolution. No worries, though. People who explicitly make resolutions are 10 times more likely to attain their goals than people who don't. So some of you math whizzes can help me figure that out uh, later. I'm not sure how all of that ends up, but I 100% agree with it. Granted, there are a lot of folks who make resolutions and don't meet them. But if you don't make the resolutions at all, if you don't make the plans, if you don't make the goal, then the chances are even greater that you won't get to where you need to be. I certainly agree with that. I know both Wade and Bill shared about uh, the condition of our world, the state that we're in, and uh, how that weighs upon us, uh, emotionally, spiritually, sometimes even physically. And we get that, and the world will always be the world, and Jesus promised that in this world you'll have trouble, and yet at the midst, just as Bill shared as we gathered around the table today, uh, still he promises that if we will seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, that all the other things will fall into place, and they'll be okay. They, won't may, they maybe won't be exactly like we would like them to be, but he'll see us through that. That is the promise of God, his promised presence and blessing, and that he'll take care of us, not just in this life, but for eternity. And we should never uh, forget that. If you... Uh, uh, are one of my Facebook friends, and you may have noticed I published one, um, one resolution. This is kind of the overarching resolution for Bill this year. I posted, a, I have a lot of more specific ones that I did this year that I haven't done in a while, but um, this is the one that I'm making that is kind of my overarching personal theme this year. Um, I refuse to let uh, news and social media stories Replace my faith with fear, my joy with anger, and my peace with anxiety. I refuse to live as if God is not on the throne in heaven. I think that is exactly what I'm going to remind myself of throughout this year. And as Wade, both Wade and Bill shared, I think it's good for us to remember who we serve. Brad Paisley, uh, many of you know him as, uh, I think, Kimberly Williams' husband, also a pretty fair country western entertainer, 
Uh, he says this, each day of the year is a blank page of a 365-page book. Write a good one. I like that. Resolving to pray and to read the Bible more in 2022 is a good idea. This from Lanny Tucker with Eastern European Mission. He wrote, when asked, what's more important, prayer or reading the Bible? Charles Spurgeon, the 19th century British author, answered, what is more important, breathing in or breathing out? Prayer and Bible study. So with that in mind, how about resolving to read through the Bible in 2022? You say, Bill, I'm, it's already, I, I'm already behind. I haven't started. It's okay. It's okay. If you're following along with F. Lagarde Smith's uh, Chronological, the Daily Bible, or some other uh, uh, method, uh, today's reading ends up at Genesis 5. So all you have to do to be caught up today is read Genesis 1 through 5. That's not very much. Typically, if you read three chapters a day, maybe four some days, uh, you'll read through the whole Bible in a year. I will be sharing some thoughts about that week's reading on my Facebook page at 3 p.m. starting this Tuesday. I'll do that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, maybe about a 15 or 20 minute lesson that gives a little bit of a summary of some of the things that we're reading that particular week. And so I hope that you'll take part in that. If you can't do it at 3 on Tuesday, Thursday afternoons live, then it'll be on my Facebook page after that, and it'll also be on our West Irwin Facebook pages and on our website in our archived video list. So I, I, hope, that you'll, I hope that you'll do that. hope that you'll read through the Bible this year. It is not too late to start. Uh, and Genesis 1 through 5 is really some interesting stuff, as you know, from creation to uh, Adam and Eve to the first sin to all of those things are going on. And uh, one of the things that uh, Brother Smith shares is that if you consider those uh, lists to be somewhat complete and you look at the longevity that people lived in those days, uh, living hundreds of years, then how that works out ultimately is that uh, uh, Adam and his son Seth were still alive when Lamech, the father of Noah, lived. So there's a lot of interesting things that come about as you read through uh, the scriptures. Uh, another resolution is this. I will recommit to my in-person involvement in the worship services and other activities of the church. Now, granted, today may not be the best day to <laughs> challenge you on that. I mean, we had single-digit feels-like temperature this morning. It's a holiday weekend. We have a lot of people gone. So I realize we have a lot of folks online, and we welcome you always, always. And as we've shared throughout these last two years, we recognize that there are people that, uh, that should not come yet, and I, and I get that. I understand that. But there are others who should, and I think you know who you are. And so here's what I want us all to resolve. I will resolve to go back to in-person worship attendance in 2022. You can take a look at the calendar and say, which of these dates is right for me? And you can begin thinking about that and praying about that. Again, for some, it's impossible for them to do that. And, I, and that's why the online worship is such a great, great blessing. And I encourage everyone uh, to do that. Uh, as a reminder, again, as Bill shared, um, uh, some of you haven't contributed to the work of the church since last year. <clears throat> I, 
I thought that would have a greater response. Uh, so we want to encourage everyone to, to do that. Last year was a great year. We ended with an incredible contribution. Um, again, this, this church has been so wonderfully faithful in contributing, in serving, and, and we can grow in those things as well in 2022. So another good resolution. I will consciously welcome Christ into my mind and my heart and my life every single day. I will consciously welcome Christ into my life, into my mind, into my heart every single day. So let's get started on this first sermon of 2022 with this statement. To welcome Christ means we welcome his return. Rusty has led us in some wonderful songs that announce that this morning. I've got a mansion over the hilltops. There's a stirring. I will rise up. What a wonderful and great day that will be. To welcome Christ means we welcome his return. This is the last sermon in this short month-long series that I've been doing entitled Welcoming Christ. We began with welcoming Christ's forgiveness and the wonderful story of the salvation through the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, and the forgiveness through the response of faith that he calls us to obey. Uh, Welcoming Christ's coming and welcoming Christ's presence as we went through the couple of weeks surrounding Christmas, and today, welcoming Christ's return. Think about where you want to be in your life on December 31st, 2022. Where do you want to be? What do you want to be true in your life on that day? The end of this year, December 31st, 2022. Typically, uh, on the first Sunday of the year and during that first week, I think about this uh, thought from Stephen Covey from his wonderful book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that is this, begin with the end in mind. So if you're thinking right now today about where you want to be on December 31st, 2022, what's it going to take for that to happen? Likely, it will take a lot of little things and a few big things that happen throughout this year. Think about where you want to be in your life on December 31st, 2022, and begin with the end in mind. Acting every day and living every day to prepare for that to be actual reality. Because we all know that if I don't think about that again throughout this year until December 30th, (laughs) it'll be too late. But if we have that before us, as we go through each day and each week and each month of this year, then it certainly can happen. But what if Jesus returns before December 31st, 2022? Will you be one of those welcoming Christ's return? Or will you realize you waited too long to turn your life over to the Lord, to turn your life back to Him? You see, there's there's nothing keeping Jesus from returning today. 
I believe that firmly. There's no other prophecy that needs to be fulfilled. There's nothing else that needs to happen. The only reason that he hasn't returned yet is because he loves us so much. And he loves the lost so much. And as Peter tells us in 2 Peter 3, each day that Jesus is held back from returning by the Father is another opportunity for people to repent, to make their lives right, to get back in close relationship with their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the only reason why he hasn't come back yet. That's the only reason. What if he does return this year before December 31st? Will you be one of those welcoming his return? Or will you be one of those who sadly say, I missed my chance? A few things this morning about welcoming Christ's return. First of all, those who are welcoming Christ's return are watching. They're watching. In Acts chapter 1, Luke gives us his uh, report of the ascension of Jesus Christ. After introducing his second volume, first volume being the Gospel of Luke, Acts chapter 1 says this in verse 4, On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, Acts 1 verse 4, He gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And we know that that actually occurred and reported in Acts chapter 2. Verse 6, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus says, "Eh, wrong question. (laughs) Why are you people so enamored with the when question? That doesn't matter. (laughs) That doesn't matter. Verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power, Acts 1 verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is what Wade was sharing about during our shepherd's prayer time as he prayed for us to be involved in the important things and not allow the things of this world to sidetrack us and move us and distract us from the business and mission of the church, which is to be his witnesses in the local area, in the surrounding regions, as we have opportunity to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after he said this, Jesus was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And I got to tell you, before I read what happens next, I would be doing the exact same thing. Verse 10, the disciples were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, obviously angels, Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Those who are welcoming Christ's return are watching. And we're not just standing around watching the skies. But we're watching for that return in very real, very practical, very concrete ways. How do we do that? Well, Matthew 24 gives us the answer. 
As Jesus in Matthew 24 talks about this, all of these great things that are going to happen, these incredible things, some very distressing things for the first century Jews, likely referring to the takeover and destruction of Jerusalem that happened in AD 70. But then he kind of changes the tone in verse 36. And I believe he begins to speak specifically about that day that we've sung about today. Verse 36 of Matthew 24, But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Don't worry about the when. Verse 37, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Interesting little thing, caveat, as you look at the Daily Bible from Ephlegard Smith or from some others, when you add up the years... If all of that is complete, it's very likely that Methuselah, remember Methuselah, who was he? The guy who lived longer than anybody else that we know of. When you add up the numbers, it looks like Methuselah may have died in the flood of Noah. Hmm. Jesus says that is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Verse 40, two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, verse 42, keep watch. Because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. Again, the when doesn't matter. It's the wrong question to ask. The right question is, what should I be doing today to get ready for that? And Jesus says, here's what you should be doing. You should be watching for that day to come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. (laughs) So just be watching every day. And if he comes that day, great. And if he doesn't, great. It'll be okay. Those who are welcoming Christ's return are watching. They're watching. 1 Thessalonians 4 reminds us that those who have gone on before that time, as our dear sweet sister Helen has, as our dear brother and friend Jim likely will today. We don't have to worry about them. We mourn Absolutely, but we do not mourn like those who have no hope. Jim and Helen Boyd and so many others that we have lost in the last couple years lived with that hope. Those who are welcoming Christ's return are watching. Secondly, those who are welcoming Christ's return are serving. They are serving. Continuing in Matthew chapter 24, beginning at verse 45. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. 
Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour he is not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let me ask you this. What would be different in your life? This week, if you knew, if you knew that Jesus would return before next Sunday. Let's ask it a different way. What would be different in your life if you knew there was no God? What would be different? And for some of us, I fear we can take an honest look at our lives and we can say, well, let's see, I'm living a a pretty selfish life. I'm living a life that is all about what I see and not about trusting in the Lord, doing things I want to do, not doing the things I don't want to do. I guess nothing would be different if there was no God. I'm living for myself. Anyway. But for most of us, I believe that answer would be far, far different. If there was no God, then I wouldn't be so active with his people, the church. I wouldn't be so connected with his will, the word of God, the Bible. I wouldn't be seeking to serve and help whenever I can. Jesus says, look, if you, if you want to be ready... If you want to be at a position where you're welcoming my return, then you need to be serving today. And it may not be that he he may not come for another 2,000 years. But he could come before Texas temperatures get back to normal. (laughs) In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells us stories about his return. He talks about those talents, which is an amount of money, those bags of gold. One man got five, another two, and another one. The ones who received five and two did did well with them. They put them to work. They used them to serve others. But the man who had the one talent buried his and was rebuked by the Lord. And then, of course, that judgment scene. If you want to know who will be saved and who will be lost, read the last verses of Matthew 25. Because you'll be surprised. Because the way Jesus separates the saved from the lost, the sheep from the goats, he says, well, here are some of the things that are true of those who will be saved. They helped other people. They served. They shared what they had. They took the words of Matthew chapter 6 that Bill read from earlier to heart. And they trusted in God rather than their stuff rather than what they know. And they used all of those things to serve. Those who are welcoming Christ's return are watching. Those who are welcoming Christ's return are serving. And thirdly today, those who are welcoming Christ's return are ready. They're ready. In Matthew chapter 25, in the first 13 verses, Jesus tells another parable about ten virgins who were waiting for the bridegroom to come. 
Five of them were foolish, he says, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but no extra oil. The wise ones took their lamps with oil and with extra oil as well. And the bridegroom took a long time in coming, and everyone was sleeping. And then he finally came, and everyone said, get up. Get your lamps ready, put your lights on, put the oil in, and come and meet the bridegroom. But the foolish ones had run out of oil because he took so long. The wise ones had extra, and the foolish ones were left out. Why? Because they were not ready. They were not ready. You see, they too didn't know when the bridegroom was going to come, and so they weren't ready. Jesus ends the story with this word in Matthew 25, verse 13. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Yes, that is the recurring theme. You don't know the when. You will never know the when. But you can be watching and you can be serving and you can be ready so that that day is a day of celebration and joy, and relief, and praise. Again, in 2 Peter 3 and 1 Thessalonians 5, both of those are very assured in saying, yeah, he hasn't been for a while, and it may be a while still, but they both say this, the day of the Lord will come. It will come. It may be today, it may be this week, it may be this year, it may be in 3022. But that day will come. And so the question for us is, is today the day? Is today the day? Because it could be. I hope and pray it is, quite honestly. Not because I'm so great or so faithful or so wonderful. But because God is so great and wonderful. Because Jesus came and lived and died. And our trust is completely in him. Is today the day? And what happens to you if it is? As we close this morning to be welcoming Christ when he returns, we must have welcomed his forgiveness before he returns. (laughs) When we hear that trumpet that we've sung about today and we see the the sky rolled up like a scroll and we, we see that bright light and we hear all the angels and we see the Lord Jesus himself coming, not to save, but to reward and to punish, it will be too late <laughs> to be welcoming Christ when he returns. We must have welcomed his forgiveness before he returns. And again, that goes back to the first sermon in this series, welcoming Christ's forgiveness, hearing that wonderful story, the good news of his death, burial, and resurrection, and responding in faith to it by believing in Jesus Christ, by turning away from our lives of sin and changing the path we're on. That's called repenting. By confessing to others that that's what we believe and by being baptized into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and being raised to live a new life, a life that is watching, a life that is serving, a life that is ready. A life that is welcoming Christ's return. One day the trumpet will sound for his coming. 
One day the skies with his glory will shine. Wonderful day my beloved ones bringing. Glorious Savior, this Jesus is mine. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. And what a day. What a glorious day that will be. If we can help you today to be welcoming Christ's return. Come as we stand. Sing our song together.